0: The following podcast is an Embassy Row production.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to Scissoring Isn't a Thing. I'm Darren
2: Carp. And I'm Liz Cully, and I am staring at Darren, who is now living in a closet.
1: I this is I haven't been in a closet in a very long time, Liz. So this is this is definitely new for me, but the thing is is that since I'm in the middle of the move of, I've, as I've been talking about for the past few weeks, I just bought soundproofing to lay against the wall, but it has to like rise for 48 hours. And I didn't want it to sound echoey. So I decided to go in the most insulated area, which is the closet. Like
2: literally guys, I'm looking at Darren and she has like, <laughs> like the racks of clothes are like, right around her head yeah it's exactly. good I listen the commitment to sound quality
1: is outstanding I really no appreciate one wants it. a bad listener experience if we're in someone's ears all day you know what I mean or for 45 minutes or an hour no one wants that that's not fun so we're just trying to make a better true. listener experience here but oh my god
2: you are so kind so selfless I
1: know I really am uh what's going on with you how are you
2: I mean, I'm okay. uh, It's like record, record, record corones up in Los Angeles. So I'm
1: hiding in my apartment. It's bad, dude. I mean, even even really bad for the holidays and things like I don't I don't know what L.A. is going to do because it definitely seems more. And this is coming from someone who hasn't been in L.A. in in maybe a month or so. But specifically since I left, it feels like dangerous, like more dangerous than it's been. I mean... Yes or no. I Maybe I'm know. wrong about that.
2: I think these hoes are out there in the Hollywood Hills having big-ass parties. True. And they did it for Halloween, and they did it for Thanksgiving, right. and now it's just like the reckoning has begun. Which, if I'm being really honest with you, my life hasn't really changed because we weren't really going out to restaurants. I'm ordering takeout and delivery Yeah, to support restaurants, but I'm not really like going out, so... You know, I'm just like cozy, cozy in the house. Rachel's running around with ravioli, terrorizing me, telling me I need to like clean up this and reorganize. That.
1: Well, isn't <laughs> isn't just, doesn't that sum up what marriage is essentially? It is. Okay. It
2: le- legitimately is. She's like, um, you have so many pairs of shoes. I'm like, well, OK, like, <laughs> well, I need them. So to wear inside the house.
1: I get it. I'm going to give up this entire closet that I am in right now to Nadine stuff because smart, and I'll just take the smaller things and like fit and stuff. It just makes more sense that way. We did just two quick seconds before we get to the queue. Yeah. Watch the happiest season just because I was like, I know we're late to the game, but I also have to have an opinion about it. You know, it was one of those. It was things. about time, Darren. I know, seriously.
2: It keeps coming up and it came up in the episode that we're about, that you guys are about to listen to. But yeah, you had to watch it. And what did you
1: think? A storyline I feel like I've seen before. Nothing was like overly surprising as like in terms of it being a movie. Like I wasn't like, oh my God, I'd watch it again. It was cute and, you know, perfectly gay. It was, it it was what it was. The thing that actually bothered me the most that I couldn't stop focusing on, I probably talked about it all movie, was K-Stew's hair, like how we were talking about it in this episode with Justin. In this episode, you brought it up. I know. I just like, couldn't stop. And and it was distracting. It was distracting. Wait,
2: do you know about the Chanel runway show? No. Guys, guys, guys. Maybe this technically is the cue, but we're not. We have a whole lovely update on the queer community yeah. for you guys in a minute. But before we get to that, so it's Corona. Carl Lagerfeld, R.I.P. Right. Obviously, K- Kristen Stewart was like a huge muse and has been for the House of Chanel for quite some time. You have got to do yourself a favor, all the listeners and you, Darren, go and Google Kristen Stewart at the Chanel show. She was the only one allowed to go to the runway show in Paris. So it's this video of a full-on runway show, but it's just her watching it. It's so fucking strange wait
1: Kristen Stewart was the only guest at chanel's
2: <laughs> it's so weird and you know what's what oh, what i really learned working <laughs> working in journalism and then now working in more publishing you know like vogue vanity fair w magazine which full transparency i work for Zoe report i work for l work with a lot of those folks oh, i'm dying the fashion world is so different and. I'm going to say what it is. They're pretty fucking snobby and I'm yeah, sorry that's the to all my colleagues. But the comments from like our past guest, Evan Ross Katz, who's a writer for places like Paper and Harper's. I mean, I was howling at the comments. It's so funny and so weird. And it made me think of that when you when you were focusing on her hair during Happiest Season. But you guys should all watch that. It's very strange. If you smoke weed, you should like get high and watch it. It's very strange. But I have to ask you one question before we move on. Sure. Did you feel any sex vibe between Harper
1: and Kristen at all? Not or really. Abby or whatever like, her name yeah. is. Yeah, uh, not really. Like Kristen Stewart to me is a very like kind of one note actress. Like she plays that. Yeah. You know. The worst. You know, dour, like kind of like she hunches over walking. She's always very like muted <laughs> and and emo. I wish you guys could see Darren yeah, right Yeah, like. And I just didn't buy it. But that also really wasn't the point. Like, I kind of wasn't expecting it. I loved Dan Levy in it. I loved and and I loved the weird sister. And even Alison Brie being so, you know, uptight, I felt like was right. A monster. Right. But I felt like that was right. She played that very well.
2: Jane, the sister who's a writer of the film. One of the writers of the film. The yeah, she she
1: clearly was like the comic relief. Yeah, she
2: was fantastic.
1: But anyway, uh, I've watched it and it's the conversation's done now,
2: and we can move on. Yeah, we can move on. <laughs> let's let's move on to
1: the queue. Let's move on to the queue. Hey guys, we want to welcome you to the queue where we share some highlights and happenings within the LGBTQ plus and ally community.
2: And don't be shy, listeners. We want to hear from you too. If you've got the scoop or have someone you want us to shout out. Feel free to shoot us a DM at siat podcast on Instagram or Twitter.
1: All right, Liz, what do you got for me today?
2: Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> we are
1: <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, 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 okay.
2: We are friends of RuPaul's Drag Race contestants on Scissorings and a Thing. We've had some incredible. Performers on this show recently, Ms. Cracker, oh my God, yes. Bob the Drag Queen, your BFF Shangela. Of course. We've had so many. So many. Now, a new season, season 13, has just been announced. And there is a groundbreaking contestant, somebody that I've seen on Instagram in the past, but I didn't know would ever go on RuPaul's Drag Race. And that is Got Mick. Now, it's supposed to look like Got Milk. And in right. an, an interview that I watched, they talked about. How that was kind of the point, but how most people just don't care and they call them "got milk" instead of "got Mick." But "got Mick" is groundbreaking because it is only the second openly trans contestant since Peppermint, who was also on Scissoring Isn't a Thing, and also that's a wonderful. fantastic interview if you haven't uh listened to that. I ha- we both highly recommend. So "got Mick," on top of being the second openly trans contestant, is openly trans masculine. So. I was reading this interview and they were saying it's kind of when you put it on paper, it's almost like a mind fuck, like a trans masculine person going back to high femme drag. And you, with I believe, I don't remember what interview it is, but we've talked about kind of this idea of trans prejudice within the drag community and kind of this idea with playing with gender so i don't know it's kind of i'm i'm glad to see rupaul's drag race continue to push themselves with casting and representation and evolving the show because it has been around for quite some time
1: now so it's great that we have a trans masculine contestant you know now that you bring it up i think we had that conversation with changela or bob the drag queen one of them just talking about you know we talked about drag king culture, which doesn't seem to be as pop culture in the zeitgeist as much as drag queens are, to me, as in the general. Yeah, no, I it, think you're right, populace. But I think just in general, like what qualifies, maybe it isn't anything. Maybe it's just doing drag, you know. And so I, I think that's a huge accomplishment. And yet again, RuPaul's Drag Race like continues to be a leader in this stuff as always. And I'm glad yeah. that the networks and uh, Emmy award shows are recognizing that. Yeah.
2: I'm excited. I need a new RuPaul's drag race. My downstairs neighbor yeah. during the quarantine has decided to go all the way back, not only starting RuPaul's drag race from the beginning, but then also doing all stars. And so every night when I take ravioli out to go to the bathroom, I hear the like, <laughs> like the roof That's hilarious. Like, laugh. And I'm like, what season are you guys in? And they just finished Ms. Cracker's first season. And obviously I gave a plug to our BFF Ms. Cracker on there. But yeah, so that's one of mine. What have you got? Any, do you have anything for me? I don't
1: have anything as uh, as good newsy as what you brought, okay? but That's okay. Okay, so this is reporting from NBC News. Title of this is, Gay Parents Shouldn't Both Be on Child's Birth Certificate. Indiana attorney general argues. And so basically the state's attorney general wants the Supreme Court to reverse the lower court ruling that found Indiana's laws limiting who could be called a parent were unconstitutional. So I guess he submitted a brief to the U.S. Supreme Court arguing it to reverse a federal appeals court ruling that allowed both members of same-sex couples in Indiana to be listed as parents on the birth certificates of their children. So he's trying to argue against this. He filed it, a request in June. So. Okay, the original case here involved Ashley and Ruby Henderson, a gay married couple from Lafayette who filed a federal lawsuit in 2015 challenging Indiana's birth records law. They sued the state health commissioner and Tippecanoe county officials because county officials would not list both of them as parents on the birth certificate of their son, who Ruby conceived through artificial insemination. And it was the Hmong first dealing with same-sex marriage for the Supreme Court since the confirmation of Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court. So we will see what happens. We're going to have to watch it. And hopefully we'll get a positive forward movement on this thing. Well,
2: it's actually kind of a great cue news bit that you picked because we end up talking about life and parenting and all sorts of stuff on this upcoming episode with Justin Anderson, oh, yeah. who is quite a character. Let me tell you. And I mean, really I, we didn't know what cool we were guy. in for. We
1: didn't. And he was fantastic. And it was just one of those interviews where you don't know because it's the first time meeting because there was no direct connection, which sometimes we have, you know, we can always read friends. You know what I mean? Like, of course. I knew that Dave was going to have a really interesting story to tell. You know how fortune's going to react to things. So right, like, right, right. It's, it's in an environment under which so. But Justin surprised us, and that was what's what was great. Yeah, we
2: will not spoil with, it for you. Yeah,
1: with this though, I'm curious how they could argue anything different. Basically, what the what what gay people are asking for here is the same thing that adoptive t- parents should have, because the yeah. only ruling would be biological. But if I want to adopt a kid, I can't put them as my child. I can't like it's one thing like birth certificate because I don't know what happens in adoption, but they should still have. Custody of the child. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean and be considered parents. Still to this
2: day, my knowledge is that even like Rachel and I, let's say I hypothetically birthed a child, which really gives me heart palpitations. I will also say, I don't know if you saw on my Instagram, but a listener hit me up and because Justin Anderson which was very kind of him, was excited after our interview and yeah. he posted that he was on our show. And somebody hit me up like, if you didn't ask him for sperm, it wasn't a real scissoring episode.
1: <laughs> and guess what you so, did? Shout out.
2: So shout out to you, except I have to be honest with you between you and I. Yeah. And we'll finish this like thought on the queue. John Hill is still my front runner.
1: We got to make a list together. And then that way we can do like a fantasy sperm team. And it's like, they'll go it's, head it's to head. It's John
2: Hill. Okay. Brad. And then Justin right now for okay, my top three. Top
1: three. The list could change at any moment, but just know right now on this day, John Hill's number John one. John is
2: tippy top. John is tippy top. Okay. I hope you're listening. So anyway, from my understanding now is that like w- when we have a child and if I'm the right. one that births that child, Rachel would have to uh, go in and file for adoption. That I know.
1: Child. I just don't know what yeah. happens on birth certificates. Birth because certificates. that's what yeah, this I is specific. Know, yeah. I don't know the answer to that. But the point is, is that, It's basically asking for what adoptive parents are asking for. Yeah. Uh, So they I I mean, I hope they come out with the right ruling on this. More to come. We will check back in on the story as it comes available, I guess.
2: And with that, I know we've kind of teed up the episode. Justin Anderson is a very famous hair colorist. He, you know, (laughs) has a a lot of
1: celebrity clients. (laughs) Chelsea
2: Handler, Jennifer Aniston, Brie Larson, Kristen Cavallari is literally his best friend. You might have seen him on the E show. I think that's where a lot of folks know him from. Miley Cyrus, as you said, Margot Robbie. It goes on and on and on. He's so cute.
1: Hope you guys enjoy. Enjoy it, guys. Oh, man, Liz. You know I start off every recording a little scared about because our guests are inherently just cooler than me and you. Our next guest is Justin Anderson, and there's a lot to unpack here, Justin, because not only do you have the coolest hair in showbiz, you might have the oh. best energy of any guest we've ever had right from John.
0: Oh my gosh, I love that. It's so funny when people like introduce me on a podcast. I'm like, am I supposed to join in on this banter? Or is it like keep it quiet? Because I have a hard time like staying quiet. I oh, be perfect.
2: Well, let me read a little bit of your bio if that's okay yes. with you. Absolutely gorgeous. Also, I will also say your energy and smile is is radiating and infectious. (laughs) Okay, well, Justin Anderson is one of the most coveted celebrity hair colorists. I am actually going to redo your bio, and I'm going to say the world. You've done work for almost every huge cover on the planet, LW Cosmopolitan Glamour. You love the surf and the beach. You were fascinated. This is a line that I love. You were fascinated at an early age about how the sun and seawater could change hair color. Your fascination turned into a passion and an art, and you have trained and taught and worked in the top salons in the world, and you are the go-to guy for Jennifer Aniston, Miley Cyrus, Margot Robbie, Gwyneth Paltrow, Kristen Cavallari, you might have seen him on a little show on E! with Kristen as well, Chelsea Handler, Kim Basinger, which I da da For and Aaron Andrews I mean I can't imagine how many other blondes you've created and touched and you also have your own line DP hue which is an incredible line of products and everyone can get them and you could potentially be as beautiful and fabulous as all of your celebrity clients Thank you for being on the show today.
1: Thanks, oh my Justin. God, thanks
0: for having me, of course. I love that little bio. That was fun. I, I just sit here like smiling like a cheese ball. Like, um, but that was cute. Thank you for that intro.
1: I have to admit, like... I love reading about someone's like fascination when they're younger and turning it into like their passion as an adult, you know, like, and really going at, you know, cause the world sort of teaches you what you're good at. Not necessarily, you should do what you're good at, not necessarily what you love or what you're interested in. And you're a testament to that. And I gotta say, For all the shitty little sun in products I put in my hair when I was a teenager trying to get that like beach blonde thing and like (laughs) lemon and shit. This is really hitting all of my uh, my interests as well. So hopefully you can give us some good tips on how to get that natural beach blonde because I fucking need it, dude.
2: My hair was green because I was a swimmer. (laughs) I'm born and raised in California, so I was lucky to have the sun and the salt water in my hair. But I also had an enormous amount of chlorine. So because I'm a natural blonde, I just had like lime green hair (laughs) as a child.
0: Yeah, I grew up in Southern California too. And it was like, um, it is in the bio what it talks about, like from a young age, I was obsessed with hair. And you talked about Kim Basinger, she's a client of mine. But like, I remember being a little kid and watching Batman for the first time and just being obsessed with Kim Basinger's hair. And, you know, like, I'm totally gay, but since I was a little kid, I've just been obsessed with beautiful, powerful, strong women, right? So I always loved women, and I was especially obsessed with hair. And it was always kind of like my little thing, any um, art class I took, painting or anything, I would always do hair and spend so much time focusing on that. I also remember my parents are both big surfers, so we spent all of our time at the beach, in the water, whatnot, and I really did love the way that, like, the sun and the water would lighten hair. And so I've always had this fascination for it, but um, I was so afraid to tell my parents I want to do hair for a living. So it was kind of like, that was my whole journey. Like, how am I going to tell them? You know, I'm from a big Mormon family. So we're very, very Mormon, very conservative. I come from a really big family. So that was like my inner little secret. I was holding that one back to really give them, give it to them one day.
1: I mean, you, you've you set us up perfectly because normally- you, you answered all of our questions. You did. Bye, no, guys. <laughs> yeah, this is it. That's the podcast because we're definitely going to get into Mormonism for sure. We have questions about it. And obviously, I work at Bravo, so I have to ask if you watch The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City and what you think. But before we get to all that, you know, we start off the podcast and we ask each of our guests how they identify. Now, you just identified yourself as a gay man- that is how you would identify as, as a gay man or is it queer or what's your moniker there?
0: Gay man, totally gay man. I love that question. Cause there are so many different ways to sure. say whatever you are, you know? And I think it's kind of cool that you guys asked that because it's like, people don't really just like ask you that. I, I honestly, like I'm a gay man for a long time, obviously, but no <laughs> one's really asked me, how do you identify? And that's probably the first time I've answered it like that. So I like that.
1: And I think you're the first person who come who came on to say that they were well, or what it seems like to be scared of telling their parents what they want to do for a living, as opposed to their sexuality. Like you're scared telling them about hair, and we're gonna get into that. Was that tied in with the fact that if you said to your parents that you wanted to do hair, that that was like you're coming out to them? Like,
0: absolutely, absolutely. Okay, That's so the biggest part of it, but like a little story on my family. Like I said, I'm from a really big Mormon family. And it's mostly male cousins. Like literally, I have probably 41st male cousins. And then there's a bunch of, There's girls thrown into it. And everyone was super <laughs> The surprised.
2: girls thrown in. They're thrown in I love there. it. Just They're a there. couple. Throw yeah, a yeah. couple in there to spice but it like, up. I it's had
0: good. a few uncles who played like professional sports. I had an uncle who was on the Chicago Bears. I had cousins who played um, basketball. So my, it was a very athletic family, right? And I always from day one felt like the little weird kid that wanted to play with dolls and play with all my girl cousins. And so I kind of always knew that things were different, but I had to learn at a young age how to kind of stand out because I wasn't a star athlete or whatever. And um, so I have. But your
2: body, your body, Adi, Adi, which (laughs) I have looked at on the IG. I have to just stop you and admit something that I did send one of your photos to my best friend, and I was like, look at this. Fine ass dude, Liz. We're supposed to interview,
1: not hit on our guests. I'm
2: not. I'm <laughs> just saying you might not be a professional athlete, but boo, that body out of you is very professional. <laughs> now, let that. me tell I you, so
1: appreciate that. I'm sorry, Justin. I'm sorry. Apologize. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah.
2: It was the, it was the shoulders and the pecs that got me. I was like dead. Okay, sorry. Go oh, ahead.
0: I love you. I'm- let's get this out of the way like you guys are so my kind of girls like i want to party with you so bad i just yeah. want to be somewhere with you guys like this is, oh
1: yay this we'll is so do it i would
0: never leave i would sit there for hours with you guys like, couldn't get rid of it you guys are so i <laughs> <my laughs> can't
1: kind wait of girls. can't um, wait
0: <laughs> So it was that thing like I, I found at a young age i was trying to like suppress things like kind of acting feminine wanting to do things that were considered feminine you know like i never could talk about wanting to play with barbies or being obsessed with fashion and hair so i learned at a young age to play sports and try to be really really good at it i started lifting weights at a young age because i wanted to fit in with everybody else when i got to college i went to college with like four of my best guy friends from high school and we all joined the same fraternity and i was still doing that same thing like trying to be straight dating women and like the whole thing but in the back of my mind i wanted to do hair so bad but that's exactly it i was like if i out to my parents and say that i want to do hair for a living that's me coming out you know like nobody's gonna question it at that point so i did i dropped out of college obviously dropped out of the fraternity went to my parents before my junior year of college and i told my parents i'm like you guys i want to go to beauty school and because i'd held so many things in like those kind of i say feminine traits of myself or like more uh creative or artsy things i held it back for my parents they were genuinely shocked like i remember i waited till my parents were both in hawaii together and I called them and I'm like, I'm not going back to college and I'm going to go to beauty school. I want to do hair for a lady. They like lost their mind. Like, I remember my mom like was like, you're joking, right? And she hung up on me. So long story short, that was like this big type of thing. And then I came out of the closet. So there was just a lot unpacked.
2: What was the time? OK, first, this is a this is a first. Darren and I have obviously interviewed quite a few people yeah. for this show and outside of this show. I don't think a beauty school coming out story is one that either of us heard or anticipated. So I don't want us to gloss over this. So you yes. are from Southern California. You, your parents are in Hawaii surfing, living their best life, salt water, sun in the hair. You call them as a fraternity boy. Nonetheless, like fraternities freak me out probably just I don't know for what all all the reasons but you quit the fraternity you quit school and you come out as wanting to go to beauty school did you feel like in that moment that almost you were killing two birds with one stone like it was there a part of you that was like if I tell them this right now maybe they'll just also ask me if I'm gay too and I can kind of get it over with or yeah. was there a long lapse in between when you had no, to have that was both totally, conversation?
0: I knew that that next conversation was really going to come, you know, and we'd get into deeper conversations. So it was one of those things that parents do. We're like, we're going to talk about this when we get back home. They came home a few days later and they sat down. They're like, what are you talking about? You want to go to beauty school? And I was like, you know, I've always had this fascination with hair and I never wanted to tell you guys. And, you know, I, I want to go to hair. That's my passion. That's my dream, whatever. And then, you know, the gay conversation comes out. and um,
2: In the same conversation.
0: Yeah, pretty much it kind of all happened at the same time. But um, right. you know, like, I was one of those kids that also like, I love to follow rules and I love to kind of fit in. I think that just comes from like, I like making people laugh and I like being friends with everyone. I love all types of people. And so I think that like, my parents were never shocked by the things that I would say, like, I, because I like to entertain people, I would always do outlandish, crazy things and stuff. So I think my parents thought it was another one of my kind of like pranks. Like, what are you talking about, Dustin? Like, and my parents are, they're, kind, they're conservative and from old school kind of family. And they're like, you know, doing hair is not a living, you know, that's a hobby, you know, like whatever. And when someone tells me that I can't do something, I want to do it as best as I can. So that just gave me all the drive. But I did. I came out at pretty much that same time and uh, went to beauty school and From day one, I was like, I'm gonna have my own hair product. I'm gonna sell my products on HSN, which I've done. I was like, I'm gonna work with all the women that I wanna work with. And I'm just, I really am like a dream chaser. Like, I am a dream chaser. I believe in putting out energy and I feel like it comes back as long as you're a good person and you're positive. And so I've just consistently chased these dreams and uh, I've had fun with it. And like you said, I feel like when you love something so much and you want it so bad, like, you're gonna be good at it. You know, chances are you're gonna be good. And had I finished school and tried to be, you know, I thought I wanted to like own a restaurant or something because I'm like a big secret party boy. And I wanted to own a restaurant or a bar, you know. And, um, but had I done any of those things that I really didn't want to do, I, I don't know if I would have been as successful or whatever, you know. Like, so I, I really believe in going for exactly what you want to do. I feel like those people do that.
1: And you grew up in the Mormon church, right? Like, your parents are conservative in the Mormon church, like 100%, right? So, totally like, Mormon.
0: so Mormon on both sides.
1: Okay. That's a lot to unpack. So what did, what does the Mormon church say about gay people in general? Like, and, and when did you sort of first realize, maybe not that you were into hair, but you're like, oh, I'm into boys. Like, when was that realization for you? And then how did you square it with Mormonism? Have you never been a Mormon and you just played the rules by one? Like, how do you square that with a religion that you were taught at a young age?
0: you know, when you're raised Mormon, you just, you just go to church. That's what we all do, right? So every Sunday we would go to church and Mormon church is fricking long. We'd be in there for like, it's like three hour church service. And I, you know, um, we would go every single Sunday, all my cousins are super Mormon, but both of my parents were kind of like, they call them the Jack Mormons of their families. So both my parents were kind of the bad Mormons of each of their families. My dad's from a family of seven kids. My mom's from a family of six kids. And they were both the kind of like the kind of bad Mormons. And so my parents kind of bonded on that, like, oh, we were both raised Mormon, but we secretly like to have a beer or whatever. So they, they ended up getting together. Then they had us. And all of my cousins on both sides are super conservative Mormon. But mm-hmm. we had these parents who were kind of like hiding things. Like when we had Mormon parties or birthday parties for the family at our house, I remember watching my parents hide all of the coffee because you can't drink coffee as a Mormon. You know, there'd be no booze in the house. And I remember- Yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
1: right, exactly. I'm taking shots over here.
2: Yeah, right. This is my like 30th espresso of the day. But
0: same all day long. But I remember as a kid, I remember that telling me something. You're like, I cannot live at all. Like I I say too much. I'm way too honest. But I remember being a kid and being like, that's the shadiest shit I've ever seen. Like you guys are adults and you're hiding stuff that you do every single day, you know? So as a kid, I did question a lot with my parents. And then as I got older, I started questioning a lot at the church. But you don't do that at the Mormon church. The head of the Mormon church is called the bishop. And the bishop called me into his office one time. And he was like, you know, Justin, we appreciate your curiosity. But all those questions that you're asking in Sunday school, you know, you can't do that stuff around the other kids. And it's because they didn't want us to call it out. You know, I mean, the Mormon person is fascinating. So anyways, I definitely outgrew it. I don't have anything to do with the Mormon church anymore.
2: Are your siblings, how many siblings do you have?
0: So there's four in my family. I have two brothers and one sister and all four of us do not practice now, but all of our cousins still do.
2: Where in Southern California are you from?
0: Do you know where La Flint Flintridge? It's like near Pasadena. One of the
2: best public school districts in all of this area down here. Why do I know that? Because all the lesbians are buying lovely homes in La Flint Flintridge and having their children go to public school because the public schools are so bad in LA. Oh, I know, Justin. I'm getting to that age. My wife keeps telling me how nice it is over there. I'm like, that is fucking far from West Hollywood. I don't I know.
0: I hope there's gay couples moving there. My gosh, like growing up there, it's a beautiful place it's to live. It's beautiful. Yeah, those old, beautiful, like kind of Pasadena looking homes. Yep. The nicest people and stuff. But I mean, I didn't know anyone gay growing up. So that'd be fabulous if all of us gays took over it.
1: No, they really are. I'm not exaggerating. And you know, like... <laughs> I'm just fascinated with different unconventional types of religion, which I would consider Mormonism because I think Mormonism has so many stereotypes about it other than like maybe Catholicism or something else that we kind of hear about in general. How did your parents feel about you not only being gay, not only being a hairstylist, colorist in the hair industry, but also like not being a Mormon anymore? I mean, were these like three things of disappointment? Because to your point, Your parents sort of understood the hypocrisy in Mormonism because they're hiding things that are quintessential to the religion. Like, (laughs) so were they upset that you guys are not Mormons anymore?
0: No. So this story goes even further. My parents are no longer Mormons anymore. They pulled themselves out. And it really did get to this point. Like, I'm not trying to take all the credit for this, but when I fully came out of the closet to my parents and we started having real conversations my parents just really started thinking about the church. And they're like, you know, what have we been doing all these years? Why have we been faking it? So they pulled themselves out of it. And we started all of us as a family going to a non-denominational Christian church. And I would literally from like West Hollywood, when I was doing hair in Beverly Hills, West Hollywood, I would drive out to the Pasadena area and go to church every Sunday with my family. And I loved it because I love having some sort of faith, you know, but then when prop was it prop 87, what was the gay marriage proposition? It was so huge. Like,
1: Oh boy, we are We're bad. Gay. Gay. We don't have props in New York. We, we have just have, have Rachel, yeah. what,
2: was, what was gay marriage prop? Prop 82? My wife's a good gay. I asked her. She doesn't know. <laughs> it's Prop 8. Prop Ooh, eight yeah. God, don't tell anybody about bad this. Bad gays over here. Woo.
0: Okay. So I was going to church all the time with them, but then when all that stuff started happening again, it kind of reminded me, because there is, there's that conflict. I don't know why religion is brought into all this stuff. You know, I hate talking about politics, so I don't want to go down that path. But I just don't understand how we're confusing all those things like religion being brought into it. So I just have a difficult time with religion. But I always say that I am so thankful that I was raised Mormon because Mormons are all about family values. You know, it's like honesty, being kind, loving your neighbors, all that kind of stuff. So I have all of that stuff in me. But I just feel like, you know, as you get older and you really start to realize the way that the world really, really works, it's kind of hard to... I just, I can't imagine being an adult and believing that stuff. And I'll leave it there.
2: (laughs) You know, what's really amazing about this story? Well, one, there's many, many amazing things about your story. And so thank you for sharing it with us. But I don't very often hear people talking about their parents kind of taking a step back and evaluating their beliefs and how they went about things and changing them or evolving them to kind of, support their children. Like, I don't know, Darren, I I feel like that, you know, I don't hear about that a lot. And I know in my own experience, you know, my parents think one way and I think another way. And I think it's so incredible that your parents had the, the moment and had really you know, the love for you. And maybe that is because you you all were brought up to love each other and have such a emphasis on family, but to sit back and say, wait a minute, actually what we're doing doesn't really make sense for our family anymore. And perhaps it's time to kind of move on and evolve. I just think that it's really touching. I think that's, that's incredible.
0: Yeah. It's one of those things too. I genuinely feel like if you love your child and your child comes out of the closet and they tell you who they are as a person and you believe your child and you understand them, it's hard. You know, I think that me coming out really helped my parents, you know, it's like, and I look at, you know, there's no other, um, gay kids who are out in the, in right. my Mormon family. No, just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't know if it even Ooh,
2: right. but, no I no like,
0: <laughs> but I feel like in religion, you know, like when one of your kids comes out and you love that kid, it's like, you've got to support him And it makes you question a lot of things about religion in general. And so I am really lucky for that. You know, my dad's this big burly, like ornery guy, but he's the sweetest teddy bear in the world. And I remember when I told him that I was gay, you know, first I told my mom, my mom's like, Oh, wait till you tell your dad. And so I had told my dad and my dad gave me the biggest hug. And he literally said to me, he's like, Justin, like you have always made everyone in our family, your cousins, and everyone, so happy and feel accepted and everyone loves you. And if anyone doesn't give that back to you, they're not worth your time. Like you Mm -hmm. need to always be exactly who you are because like you set yourself up for this. And he was so sweet about it. So it's it's funny too, because when people ask me about my coming out story, there was a point where I kind of felt like guilty. Like I was like, should I make up some horror story? You know?
1: Sure. Um think about all the because time.
2: Because I
0: felt like it almost be like, oh, here's this freaking Justin. Of course, the Justin, the white guy from Pasadena, had a beautiful coming out story. Right. But my hard things were younger, you know, when I didn't feel like I fit in, I felt like You know, I was faking a lot of things. In high school, like I was saying, I started lifting weights and I made sure to hang out with all the popular kids. I was like, if I can be popular, that's my armor. You know, like I was homecoming king. I slept with girlfriends. I, you know, I had the same like cheerleader girlfriend for junior and senior year. And I wanted that stuff so bad, but I was miserable. You know, I watched other kids at school who were kind of gothic or super artsy. And I was like, they're so much cooler and there's so much depth to them. And I was always living this lie. So my hard stuff was younger, you know? Like, I really tried to fit into that stereotypical, like, Southern California box, you know?
1: And with that, I mean, to your point, you're not a gold star gay. So you've slept with women. You've had girlfriends. Whether or not that was a real thing in your mind, it happened. A, did you have any, like, gay experiences with other men like what was your first experience with that like and then not only coming out to your parents did you have to come out to your mormon friends and church like what was that like
0: so i remember um the gold star gay is like my favorite thing ever you know i am the horniest person in the world like i love (laughs) sex more than anything and so Sick. I had girlfriends. Yeah,
2: through- I'm like sick. Yes, <laughs> I had
0: yes. girlfriends all through high school, and I had a lot of sex. And I'll take this even a step further. I have a 19 year old son that I had with my girlfriend before I really came out of the closet. Wait, what?
2: Yes. Wait, 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 Whoa. wait. Whoa. the
1: lead, know, you know, didn't put that
2: in the bio, <laughs> guys. Yeah, that's not in the fucking what bio, the fuck, you guys. <laughs> wait, oh okay
1: okay wait, I'm so like wait, dang, now we you don't even questions.
2: look old enough you don't even look old enough to have a 19 year old son also is your 19 year old son as hot as you like yeah, I like- have so many <laughs> questions I mean do you oh guys my... want
0: to go into that story really quick for a second yes yes okay. yes. yes go okay. into the story so in high school and I don't talk about this ever I do so many podcasts and I never like go into this one because it's a deep conversation but I honestly like your guys's questions are so fun and it makes me just want to talk but when I was in high school I had my girlfriend Debbie and Debbie was like the hot cheerleader and her and I were together. Everyone knew that we were, her and I were together and we were freaky. Like we used to have sex at all the high school parties. Like we'd go out in the car and have sex and everything. The la- when I went to college, so I was 18 years old, my freshman year of college, she came to visit me one time in college. We had sex in my dorm and she got pregnant. And um, I come from one of those families that, you know, obviously there's, there's the religion stuff and her the same thing. So there was no talk of abortion, all that kind of stuff. We're going to have the baby. We had the baby, put the baby up for adoption. We picked the parents. It was an open adoption. So we found this beautiful um, couple. And of course, Debbie was gorgeous. I'm, you know, whoever I am. Gorgeous. gorgeous. Yes. Gorgeous. Very
2: gorgeous. Yeah, gorgeous. Yes, sir no, but, mm-hmm.
0: but at this time, it's like you have two healthy kids who are having a baby in high school. I mean, that's the dream for someone adopting, right? It is. It so, it well, is. We met a bunch of different families and we found the parents that we absolutely love. We had our son, Tyler. I was in the hospital room. We hand, I'm 18 years old, by the way. You know, we hand our baby over to this family and I drive back to college by myself, you know, and whatever. And then life goes on, right? Two years ago, I'm literally sitting on the couch. No, this is probably three years ago. I'm sitting on the couch with my boyfriend now, who I've been with forever. I'm sitting on the couch and I get a direct message on Instagram from my son, <gasps> literally saying, Hey. I open it up. I'm like, this kid's cute. Like I look in the picture. I'm like, why is this guy like writing to me or whatever? So I wrap back like, Hey, what's up? And he's like, do you know who this is? Boom. So then the whole thing happened. We start talking on Instagram. My family, his family, we all meet for dinner. We meet up. Um, So I definitely like, Yes, there's women in my past and all that kind of stuff. And I was never grossed out by women. I'm totally gay, but I've never been grossed out by women. I feel like there's gay guys who are like, ew, women, no way I could never. There's a
1: lot of misogyny in the gay community about women. It absolutely is. And I can't stand it because for me, it's
0: like, I I, I don't know, I always get, I can't talk about that that much because I always get uncomfortable. I don't like when people are confused, right? There's nothing about me that is confused. But I think women are hot. Like, I think there's so many sexy things about women, you know, but I know that I'm a gay man, but I was, I was, never, I was never turned off by it, you know?
2: You know what I love about life is what? this. I yeah. had no fucking idea. I'm like speechless. <laughs> My mind is blown. I want to cry. I don't know why I'm tearing. Oh. Darren makes fun of me. I always cry. <laughs> Your son finds you on Instagram. I love Instagram. that you're like, ooh, he's cute. Like, who does? <laughs> This is a beautiful story. You keep coming hits after hits after hits. I don't even know.
1: What's your relationship like with your son? I mean, do you consider yourself a father? Not that you are biologically. Yes, I understand that. But I'm just saying behaviorally, I mean, he's got his parents, you know, that you picked out that all is good there and like. But now that he's 19, is there some sort of relationship that you want to form? And like, what does he think yeah. about the gay thing? Or well,
0: sexuality? And by the way, like, I just dropped a bomb on you and it's like a big thing to talk about that you guys yeah. had no idea that I was talking about. So with that said, I want you to know you could ask me any question. Like, no- nothing offends me. I love these kinds of conversations because I feel like we all need to be like more open about these kinds no, of things. No, this is
2: amazing. Like, yeah, this, this is, incredible. this. that's what I'm saying. Like, this is what life is, right? Like, we're all, yeah. not to get really... Weird and deep. But we're all like apart. You, normally we would have you in a studio. We would all be feeding off of each other's energy. I would probably hug you and touch your pecs a few times. <laughs> I I mean it would just be different. But we're all I think we're all craving for this human connection and we're all so bogged down in the day-to-day of what's going on with everything that we can't control that we forget to share who we are, how we were brought up, what our hopes and dreams are, what happened and that we're all human. And so thank you for sharing so much with us because the one, it's okay that your parents accepted you when you came out. That's a beautiful story. More stories like that need to be shared. Also, it's great that you were probably like the most beautiful, like Riverdale esque like prom. (laughs) I can imagine it in Pasadena in my life. Also that you had a child and that you had this beautiful adoption story for him and then he found you on Instagram was it a closed adoption I mean I just the questions I can't I mean I know Darren had a a great question about perhaps if you're open to share what your relationship is like with him now I mean when he
0: reached out to me you know of course like I opened up and I he said do you know who this is and I looked a little bit closer and then I was like you know I started looking at his photos and I was like oh my gosh so then I wrote back I was like oh my gosh like this is wilder and obviously I started sobbing I'm sitting next to my boyfriend And my boyfriend looks over and he's like, what is going on? And I'm like, just look at this message, whatever. So we start talking on Instagram all the time and we're being sweet or whatever. And um, so we make a plan for our families to meet. We go to dinner at his family's house. He has the most beautiful, sweetest, kindest family. They raised him so well. That's great. He's the sweetest guy ever. So our families are having dinner together. And there's obviously this super excitement, you know, like I have the clientele that I have. I live in Hollywood, all this kind of stuff. So he's fascinated by it, you know? I could feel a little bit of kind of like, what did we do from his parents, you know, Mm. as we're leaving. I also have like kind of a fun, a really fun family. You know, my brothers are really, really exciting. My sisters are adorable and fun. So it was kind of like this big, fun experience. And as we left, you know, I kind of thought about it. I was like, that's got to be also hard for his parents. You know, like, what does Justin want from our son? Is Justin going to blah, blah, whatever. So a few days later, I called his mom and I said, hey, look, that was the most beautiful experience ever. I love it more than anything. I want you to know that I am here to be whatever he needs, but I'm not stepping into your guys' world. I will. Ne- I was like, if he wants a relationship with me, I'm all about it, but I'm not going to step any boundaries. I need it to be on your guys' terms. Like You guys reach out to me. And he loved that. She said, that, you, that makes me feel so good. I really, really appreciate that, you know, like whatever and then, so what it's turned into is um, phone calls, text and that kind of stuff. And I have, I've, I've now moved to Nashville. I live in Nashville and, you know, him and I talk about time. Like, I'm like, you guys need to come down to Nashville and stay with us. Um, so we'll, we'll see where it ends up going, you know, but I have to be honest. I didn't, I didn't grow up with him. So I didn't meet him until what he was seven, 17 years old. No, like 16 years old. I actually met him, you know, so I, ne- I don't have like that connection. And I think maybe it'll happen later in life, you know, but. All what my did friends- Debbie
1: say? What did Debbie say? Yeah, what, do you and her Debbie? have a relationship of any sort? or?
0: I do love Debbie. She's a sweetheart, but we don't have a relationship now. You know, uh, we don't really talk anymore. But I love kids more than anything, and I really do want to have kids. And I have, like, that real, like, my friends call me dad because I love taking care of people, and I lo- I love conversation. I think I would love to raise a, just the sweetest kids ever. People who listen and listen. And people who are vulnerable and people feel like they can be whatever they want. Like I feel like more I feel like more gay people need to raise kids. I'm sorry. I
2: agree. Would you ever donate sperm to a lesbian couple? <laughs>
1: <laughs> just asking for a friend. Just asking for Just, a just friend. asking in general. <laughs>
0: Could just raise a pack of kids together. I
2: mean, they yeah, would be right. blonde, very, very blonde, <laughs> and they would live by the sea and have sun and salt water in their hair.
1: Just, <laughs> just asking for a friend. You know, we briefly touched on sort of the misogyny sometimes in gay culture towards women, and it's something that I certainly, Liz, but find kind of fascinating, right? Because that... D- While that sort of exists as a a lesbian, it does sort of exist. Like, I know plenty of lesbians are like, fuck, man, I hate men. And I'm like, why? Like, men are great. I have no problem with them. But certainly in the gay culture, there's definitely that. And one of the questions that I want to ask you, because I work for Andy Cohen, and we often talk about gay culture in general, just what is going on. And he complained about some of the housewives commodifying being a gay man. And sometimes they'll be like, oh, I'm just going to bring my gays along or like, you know, it's a single party, but like, I'm just going to invite my gay guy. And like almost like they're a purse or a property or an accessory. And in the chair, I'm assuming when you're doing women's hair, maybe men's hair as well, you know, like there's a bond that forms. You're a little bit of a therapist. You're a little bit of their best friend or their parent or their kid or whatever happens. And I'm curious for you, do you ever get that sense of women commodifying you where like, Oh, I'll just tell Justin that just cause he's a gay guy. He's fine. He's safe. Like, and how do you feel about that? And how does that manifest for you?
0: I love that question so, so much. And it is a thing because I work when I was in the salon, I was doing 20 women a day in the chair and yeah. I like to get deep. So I would talk to all my clients. I was really, really close to them and whatnot. And here's the thing. I feel like that's kind of on us as a gay man to I don't know. I don't know if I'll get in trouble for this, but I say everything that I want to. I think if you play into that role, you're kind of setting yourself up for it. I was like, yes, queen, go for it, girl. You put that on. Then you're kind of playing that character and then you become that person for them. I've always talked to my clients like the way that I talk to anyone, you know, like I, I, I don't. Act like a character i act like completely myself and so i don't know i feel like if a girl said to me like oh yes queen you do that if, if a client said that to me i'd be like oh i don't really talk like that like it'd be weird talking to me that way so i haven't really really experienced that you know so it does if i hear people say like oh i'm one of the housewives because i'm a huge Housewives fan, i watch them all oh, but, love we um, gotta
1: get into salt lake city in a minute it's yeah. just yeah 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 but what, whose party
0: was it where she literally had her gay best friends? It was like a gay party. It
1: was like Sonia Morgan. And she like yeah. only had, a, yeah, she very much so like, I mean, I love Sonia. It's not shade to show Sonia, but she definitely yeah. commodifies gay men as if they're bags or shoes, you know? Yeah, she does. So
0: like I was saying earlier, like nothing really offends me, but I remember like that kind of stuff just, it just bothers me. I just feel like it's right. like cheap. And I feel like we're beyond that. Cause I feel like we're past that point where it's like, Ooh, a gay, like I want my own gay. Like Aren't we all beyond that? Like, if you live anywhere near a city, you you don't call them a gay or like my gays. Right. So to me, it's not like I get offended. I just kind of think it's dorky. Like you sound like a nerd if you like <laughs> if you're excited about a gay. <laughs> you know. So but it it's, is
2: uh, it is interesting though yeah. because it uh, it is typically I would say you know straight women that do have this like gaggle of gays that they have right. around or like think that it's super funny to go to drag brunch and like poke fun at the culture and yet they want to be in it. It's interesting.
0: Well, and I also think it's interesting that when you get a girl like that who wants to really hang out with gays for whatever reason, they start to like they let their inhibitions like they're trying to find something in themselves. They like the freedom that they, their gay friends are having, but I feel like they take it too far. I just I I don't know. I've also never really kind of related to the I've never gravitated towards those kind of women you know Being Kristen Cavallari is my best friend forever right and I did bury Cavallari with her and that was eye-opening the reality tv world which you guys are so familiar with but all of a sudden when these new people start following you on Instagram they're all saying like oh my god I want you to be my gay best friend or like I want a gay best friend like you I don't take offense to it. I know what they're kind of saying but it's just this interesting thing it's like everybody like wants a gay or but it's like but what are you really looking for you're probably looking for like a man who's sweet and who'll listen and maybe who's someone who's a best
1: friend like why do they have to be a gay best friend can't they just be like a best friend who's a male what if they're straight like it's a commodity it's weird
2: I'm actually gonna clarify I would like a best friend who is lovely hot and sensitive and nice and listens to me but also can really do my fucking hair (laughs)
1: I'm not going to lie.
2: Yeah, we're a good match. (laughs) Yeah, right.
1: Exactly. Okay, wait. I have to ask you about Salt Lake City because you watch all the Housewives. Give me your initial thoughts. Do you like it? What do you think about it being related to the Mormon church as someone who grows up? Is it an accurate portrayal? Uh, Spew all thoughts.
0: It is. And you're a direct connection to Andy, who I'm obviously a big fan of Andy, just because I love what he's done for women. I am a big... Thank you. Thank you.
1: I'm a big proponent of that and no one seems to get it. And I'm like, no, "No." I've
0: gotten in really big fights about this. I know um, Andy Cohen and Jillian Michael have beefed together and Jillian happens to be one of my really good friends. And we've talked about this actually before because it's come up before. And Jillian is like housewives. You know, she has her opinion of it. She said publicly, so I'm not saying any secrets But for me. I feel like um, the housewives have given women a platform that they've never had before. If they want to be the crazy um, housewife or they want to be the bethany frankel or whatever housewife they end up being or whatever they end up doing with this platform that is fucking beautiful and that's something that andy cohen has created like that's magical like i have serious respect for that kind of stuff and then on top of it i just love all of it but salt lake city totally nails it on the head in the mormon religion that's exactly what it is there's mormons who are crazy mormons who are like so into the religion. And then there's people who are like halfway in and they kind of like dabble in things. And then there are people who are really, really bad Mormons. And so it nails it on the head. But the character who I think stands out the most to me is Whitney, the blonde. Yeah. Uh, And I actually wrote to her on Instagram because our story is so similar. And I wrote to her and she was so sweet when she wrote back. But I'm so excited about Salt Lake City. I'm so excited to see the whole thing play out. I cannot wait. My one complaint is- Yes, tell me. So Housewives, when things are new, I love that nobody has, like, a brand that they have to act for, right? So I mm-hmm. like seeing how these women really put it all out there. Like, reality TV should be, like, you don't hold back. So I like that everyone's, like, putting it all out there right now. I always get nervous, like, maybe next season when they start having followers on Instagram, they have to cater to their audience and True. stuff. But True. I like this, like, raw, vulnerable part right now. But I do think there's a couple of them that, like, I wish they wouldn't try so hard to play a character. Like, they're like trying to so Jen Shaw, I just yeah. feel like she's I, knew,
2: tri- I had a feeling, I had and a I, feeling. And
0: I, and I do, I love everything about her because of course, before this came out, I was like researching all of them. I was looking at Jen's Instagram before the show even aired. Which is
2: bananas five. before yeah. it aired. She has
0: six
1: assistants, six.
0: Yes, she's amazing. And I was like, oh, she's gonna dominate the Housewives world. But then when I started watching a few episodes, I'm kind of like, she's not that exciting to me just because I feel like she's trying to play a role. Like, I just don't believe it. But the rest of them, like, Heather, I love her.
1: Shout out
2: to Heather, who's a fan of Scissoring Isn't a Thing. Hope you're listening. We love love
1: you. Her Her last name's Gay. We have to love her. (laughs) And and she really...
2: She had like an amazing clapback. Like somebody wrote a really awful anti-trans comment on her Instagram. and She had like an amazing clapback. I saw that. She <laughs> has been really sweet to us on I'm on Instagram, and we are dying to have her on the show. She seems really fucking cool, and also is a huge supporter of the LGBTQ plus community. So snaps to you, Heather Gay. Yeah. Wait. So wait.
1: Since you're still before we get to the game, because I I know we've taken up your time, but like, what do you think of Bronwyn's recent? Coming out of the closet as a lesbian. Do you have an opinion on that? Given that she is like a lot of kids, she's a parent, but she also, to a point, like she has a relationship with her husband. They're staying together, but she is a lesbian. Like, do you have, did you think anything of it? Were you just happy that she came out?
0: Yeah, you know, it's like one of those things where it's so hard. I'm learning so much as I get older to be way more understanding of just people's sexuality in general, you know? And I just think there's never a point where you should be like, oh, I don't know if I necessarily believe them. There's a reason why she wants to come clean about something. So I'm proud of her. I can't imagine how hard that is, but I did not see that coming, you know? And I yeah. I think it's hard when a lot, I've seen other people, you know, like I have fun paying attention all this stuff, but I have all these other housewives who <laughs> are saying, oh, she's doing this for attention or whatever, I'm like, That's not fair for you to say. Whatever the reason is, you know, if she's exploring or if these are feelings she's had for years that she wants to explore and she happens to be on reality TV, so she had to announce it to a platform. Who are we to say, oh, I don't know about that one, you know, but I wouldn't have guessed it. So that kind of says to myself, Justin, you... You know, I I feel like I was being a little judgy when I first heard. it. I'm like, really? But I'm like, no, really. That's what she wants. That's what she's saying. And we have to just let her enjoy her journey and see where it goes. You and know? not for
1: nothing, as someone who grew up in a more conservative town, having more out gay people in Orange County, which tends to be kind of a conservative area. My girlfriend's from there. Is good all around. The more, yeah. the more, the merrier. If we, if we,
0: Absolutely, if I'm excited about that. I mean, yeah, just the, just even that gay conversation happening on that show. Wonderful.
1: Okay. We like to end our show, Justin, with a little game we call Scissor Me This, which is essentially just sort of rapid fire queer nonsense questions to you, just like fun little things that we always want to know. So I hope you're game for it. Liz, I want you to tee it up with the first question because Liz always has very good, like, fuck Mary Kill this ones. I know this one was
2: hard. Yeah, I know. I do love a fuck Mary Kill. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fuck Mary Kill, Chelsea Handler. Miley Cyrus or Margot Robbie?
0: Oh my gosh. Those are like Ooh. three of my favorite girls. And I love them all for different reasons. I would. Oh my gosh. That's a really hard one. I would um, <laughs> marry Margot Robbie because she's so kind. She's so patient. She's a good listener. She's a hard worker, just a great person overall. I would, oh my God, they're both going to kill me. But it really is like a tie for fuck with Miley and Chelsea because I know Chelsea would be so much fun in bed and so would Miley. But I I honestly wouldn't want to kill either of them. And I would have no problem. Like if you threw someone random in there, I could say I would want to kill them. But like-
2: I know, but that's the point of the game.
0: Okay, so then if I had to kill one of them, oh my God, this is so bad. <laughs> I can't because I'm friends with them. I just couldn't. I couldn't. You guys have to say celebrities who I don't know. because like, I know, but I,
2: that's not the point of the game.
0: Oh, I couldn't do it. I'm not going to do that one. Just because right. I right. actually know that. The
2: if I was Andy Cohen, I would say, wait, don't you get like one or two plead the fifth on watch what happens? That's your one time. <laughs>
1: That's, yeah, that doesn't, that that never works out for what it is. Um, okay, what do you think is the worst <laughs> hairstyle trend to ever happen and you That's wish never one. came back?
0: Oh my gosh, when Christina Aguilera had the dark underneath and the light on the top or when they did it vice versa. But remember that like when the darker color would pop out from the platinum so on top. So bad. I thought that was hideous. And then people would take it a step further and they'd have like the Karen Gosselin uh, or the Kate Gosselin haircut and like the darker color would be spiking Mm. out. That to me was like, what the hell were we thinking? Like, how did that even happen?
1: And it's so funny because I just watched Happiest Season that like lesbian movie on Hulu last night. And k Stu's hair is like blonde, but then it has like brown underneath it. And I went to my girlfriend Nadine and I was like, Why do lesbians choose to look dirty? Like I was like, this is bad. This is bad. I love that
0: you noticed that because the whole movie that was driving me crazy. And my boy always like, Justin, you're a colorist, you're paying attention to that kind of stuff. But it's like that was was distracting. Which, by the way, that is one of the best holiday movies I have ever seen in my whole life. I'm a Christmas holiday freak. And I love that movie so freaking much. Whoa. You guys Whoa. make this space right now. I, I loved it. Like, I want to go on top of my roof and scream to everyone to watch it. Am I a nerd? I no, love it. No, you're
1: not it. a nerd. It was just unpopular. Uh, unpopular opinion, I feel like. Right, Liz? Because, like, we were making fun of it a little bit.
2: I know. I even actually was a guest on a podcast just to talk about it. I think... <laughs> There are really good things about it, and there are things that could have been improved. You
0: guys, here's the thing that I like about it. I yeah, like let it. I like that they kind of went back to that like cheesy what we grew up watching, and they put the main characters as get yeah, like there was like a gay completely unlikable.
2: I mean, Harper is a monster. Like it, she is the star of a thriller. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I really wanted her to go away, and I thought she was going to end up with um
1: the ex, uh, Audrey Plaza, right? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I would have liked that.
0: Oh, me I'm too. so bummed to hear that you guys didn't like it. No,
1: I liked it. I liked it. It was like classic, like, to me, it, was just, it wasn't it was like interesting in the sense that it was a storyline that I've heard several times. But to but be honest with you...
0: But because we're gay, like, I want like my Mormon yeah. cousins to watch that and just fair, kind of relate to it. And, they, and you laugh. I mean, it's so silly and over the top, but I just thought it was really cool to see that because it like wasn't the gay movies that I'm used to seeing where they try to make it too edgy or too out there, or it's like too sexual or in drugs and stuff like this was like a good fun yeah. movie you can watch with your family. And you know? they didn't
1: stereotype the lesbians as much as I feel like other which movies I do, you know, yeah. which I definitely liked. It wasn't like, you know, the whole joke was like that Kristen Stewart was an orphan, which I found to be like, okay, that's a running joke that I find to be good. But it wasn't like, oh yeah she's a plumber or she likes wearing plaid like it didn't hit those <laughs> tones which i was very happy with and ultimately yeah. it was an entertaining good holiday movie it wasn't like that's my net, net. it was that it was yeah. an
2: entertaining good movie though i did find Alison brie also to be a monster and it was very but violent but that was good in... for her yeah
1: but that was a I good know. character for her it just
2: felt um, yeah because she's like so hungry it was she was like angry and freaking out the whole time <laughs> I just the the coming out was like vicious. So or the outing rather. Okay,
1: I have a fuck Mary Kill for you. And I was gonna do Housewives Edition, Justin, but now I'm gonna do House Husbands. So we're Ooh. gonna go Mauricio, Kyle Richards' husband, who's Gorge, Joe Gorga, Melissa's husband, and Aaron, Denise Richards' husband. Fuck Mary Kill.
0: Well, I'd have sex with Aaron because I mean I know he's the grossest kind of straight <laughs> on earth, allegedly, allegedly,
1: allegedly. Oh my but
0: god! That would that would be my fuck. Okay. Uh, I would uh, marry Mauricio and then kill Joe. But you know who like my housewife crush is? Wait, am I messing up the names? Melissa's husband is my housewife crush. Joe I was just, Joe is the hottest man on.
1: Housewife. Yeah, you're killing him. You oh need to. Oh my god!
0: I really messed that up. Literally, my boyfriend and I. My boyfriend's nickname is Scoot, but Scoot and I, whenever we watch Jersey, we're like, Joe is so hot. Like, the cool so wait, up.
2: do you want to redo? You want to fuck Joe? You killed him, though. You want to kill? You should just like. Kill is it that Richards Joe husband.
1: looks good when it's just Joe, or and Joe looks bad compared to Mauricio and Aaron? Like, you're no, just no, watching Jersey, at- so he's good. Joe's yeah. the
0: hottest one out of all of them for me. Like, Mauricio doesn't really do it for me. Like,
2: but he's rich as fuck. So, yeah, he's so, so, rich. Yeah. Yeah, he's so, so rich. rich. So like that, that is the correct answer yeah. for marriage. Like regardless, just that's how I look at it. Like yeah. marriage first is the scroll. Yeah. You know but what I mean? But Joe
0: is my crush. Like he's hot. The kind of dad he is and the kind of yeah. husband. Like, But I imagine that he uh, is
2: little.
1: Oh. He is little. He is littler, littler than yeah. you'd think. Okay, well, you okay. are the
2: king of blonde. So I have to end on a blonde question. That's sort of hard. Please pick the best blonde of all time. It's also personality and like vibe. Yeah. Anna Nicole Smith, Marilyn Monroe, or Madonna?
0: Anna Nicole Smith. Like, I rem- I mean, remember Anna Nicole Smith's guest ads? Are you kidding me? I mean, yeah, of course. She was a- out of this world. I have to tell Anna Cole Smith's story because I was in love with her. I I find her to be one of the most fascinating women of all time, her whole story, everything. And I just loved her Watched all of the show and everything. I think it was my 21st birthday. Her birthday is right around my birthday. So we had our birthday parties randomly at the same place in LA that used to be cool, the W Hotel in Westwood. It was like the hotspot oh. at the time. Oh, yes. But we both had our birthdays at the same time and we were in like this private room on other sides of it. So I kind of partied with her. I went to her and I was just like, I love you so much. She was so sweet, Hugs ball, whatever. She died not recently after that. So like I met her right before she died. But I remember like, seeing her and just, she's like bigger than life. The most amazing person ever. Like I was devastated when we lost Anna Nicole Smith, because I just thought there was something so beyond special about her. Just an incredible woman and fascinating, but her hair in the guest ads was like unbelievable. It was
1: insane. Amazing. Uh, all right. Last one before we let you go, which housewife of all the franchises do you think needs your help the most with their hair?
0: Oh my gosh. Well, it always was Luann because Luann's hair just drove me crazy for years. But I feel like she's growing it out. I feel like maybe she, like, somebody got a hold of her and she's getting, like, the more updated do. And it's starting to look good. But... You know, I always would go back to the ones who I just think they have it kind of off. Because I kind of love when someone has like a crazy hairstyle that kind of works for them. Like, I don't think everyone needs to have perfect, gorgeous hair. But it's always when people's is a little bit off. Like, Denise Richards' hair on the show, her hair color in particular, just always threw me off. You know, because she's such a gorgeous brunette. Like, I wish it was kind of more brunette with a little bit of highlight going through. Like, she'd look young and hot and expensive and rich. Like... I just don't, mm. as much as I love blondes, you know, it's like, I do not think everyone should be a blonde. I mean, there's nothing hotter than brunette hair on light eyes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, if you were a blonde, it would just be, you'd be Kristen Stewart, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like, um, I just, I don't like when people try to be something that just doesn't work for them. And Denise, yeah. for me, like she shouldn't be that blonde.
1: Wow, you nailed all of our questions, Justin. You are <laughs> fucking incredible. Like the best. We love you. When this is hopefully COVID proof, we would love to see you if you're ever in LA or New York. Yes. We would love to have a drink and Kiki and talk to you about everything. please
0: keep in touch. I found both of it. you guys on Instagram, but like I yeah, need. Yeah, we're fo- to following you,
1: you back,
2: dear. As I share all of <laughs> I your have photos, to meet
0: you guys. though. like, we are gonna have fun. We
2: yes, absolutely and I'm would. actually dying to go to Nashville I am overdue I have so much
0: space here you guys I live in this I bought a huge house in Nashville on a big piece of property and we have rooms actually you know who my guests are this weekend I'm not supposed to talk about this because like COVID stuff is going on but everyone's taking tests but Craig and Austin are staying with me this weekend from Southern Charm My
1: Craigie and Kroll I love them they're my boys
0: And I'm not one to just say things like literally, I'm not kidding. I We've got this house because we love guests and we set every room up like a hotel kind of a Great. room. Great, ding I, dong, yes. I'm so there. So you guys come here, just like come and stay. It's so fun. And like, I love shit like that.
1: You're a dream. love it. Scissoring field trip. Justin, we love you. We love you so much. Thank you so much.
0: So, thank you for having me. I'll talk to you guys soon.
1: Absolutely. Yes, thank you so much. Bye,
0: Justin.
2: Uh, Bye. Thank you for listening to Scissoring Isn't a Thing. See you next Tuesday.